0: Journey into the Bible and explore its hidden text and rich wisdom. Join Adol Kazilski Mondays at 1 p.m. for the Trip of a Lifetime. Shabuat Tov and a one week to all of you. I hope everybody had a beautiful and a safe for him. I certainly did, stayed away from trouble and did as much as possible in the home. Um, and yes, it was a pretty different Purim, but I think that uh, you know the overarching idea was to keep it safe, and I hope that everybody out there did that as well. We're learning the Book of Genesis. We are in Parashat Toldot. We are looking at now the aftermath of what happened when Esav, Esau, finds out that Yitzchak has in fact received the blessings and it's actually quite dramatic your heart goes out to asaph you know deep down inside he wasn't a bad guy he was the grandchild of abraham the son of Yitzchak. Uh, he knew right from wrong he just didn't control himself and so he allowed to he, he he allowed himself to mess up his destiny so to speak but really really deep down inside one tends to have a little bit of rakhmanah a little bit of um, um, you know uh, mercy on Asad because he really had good intentions. He just didn't. He just didn't have self-control, and that's really a very, a very, very powerful lesson. That our destinies are reliant on the decisions and the the um, choices that we make in life, and that we need to be very, very careful because we land up in a lot of trouble otherwise. So we are going to pick up on verse 30, that is Pasuk Lamed, of chapter 27. And what has happened is the blessings have just been given to Yaakov, and Yaakov is just on his way out. Vayehi, and it was, Asher kila yitzchak levarech et Yaakov, um Yitzchak had just finished blessing Yaakov. Jacob. Jacob Yaakov was just walking out from before Yitzchak, Aviv, his father, the Achiv, Ba, his brother, comes back from his hunt. Now, one needs to look at the words, as always, I'm trying to give you an appreciation of what it means to learn the Chumash. Inside, you could see there is a very interesting twist on words. Why he ach yatsa Yaakov, and it was that he had just gone out. That's really how it is um, translated. But we need to ask ourselves the question: Why is yatsoi yatsa the same word? Yatsa means to go out, repeated twice. So. We are told, first of all, that Yitzhak's room had two entrances. So, Esau did not see Yaakov leave. Now, what happened was that he was leaving, he left. He was walking through the door. That's the first Yitzhak. The second Yitzhak is that when he heard Esau come in, he actually hid behind the door. So, in truth, he didn't really, really go out um, of 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 the of the room, he was hiding now, Yaakov. He was watching what was going on. So uh, the midrash tells us a, a simple thing, but it says a person who enters a house from the street, and certainly from the field, it doesn't see much. Therefore, Asab did not see Yaakov. Yaakov, however, saw Aesab because a person standing in a shadow can see somebody standing in the light. Now, you'd think to yourself, why, oh why, would um, would the Midrash go and tell us about that? Because in, in a sense, it does make sense that if you're coming from the outside in, okay, you don't see what's going on in the house, but if you are sitting in the house, and even if you're in a dark place, you can see the person coming in with light. I think this is a very, very interesting idea psychologically, um, and it's something that I haven't seen exactly written down. But and and this is this is my interpretation. So I stand to be corrected if anybody learned out there would like to 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 you know add to it or would like to. Uh, say that, that I'm wrong, and of course, you always can, just by the way, you always can SMS on 34519 or Telegram on 61 I'm always open to discussion and to, to ideas. Why would the Midrash go and say these words? Because I think from a psychological point of view, it's teaching us about empathy. It's also teaching us about judgment. What is it saying again? Let's, let's read it again. When a person enters a house from the street and certainly from the field, he does not see much. Asa did not see Yaakov. Yaakov saw Asa because a person standing in a shadow can see somebody standing in the light. What this is telling me is that when somebody comes from an outside, okay, and somebody comes into a situation that he cannot understand because he's coming either from the street or even further afield from far away. It is very, very difficult and almost impossible to empathize with a person who finds himself in a specific situation. Why? Because one cannot see from the street. If one has not gone through the... um, If one has not gone through the the process of 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 the suffering that a person the person himself has 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 felt then you cannot you can you can sympathize you can try to wrap your brain around it but you can never ever empathize however if a person is sitting on the inside even if you're in a place of darkness you will see that other person in the in a light in a light of what in a light of empathy in a light of of um of understanding. When you can say to a person, I understand and I know how you feel, at, because being there, done there, got that t-shirt, it makes a lot more, it means a lot more to the person who is suffering. And so what we see over here is that Jacob was hiding behind the door. He knew what was happening? He could see what was happening, and therefore the Torah goes and uses the word yatsoi yatsa. He was about to leave. He had walked out through the second door, the next um, exit to uh, Yitzhak's room, but in fact he remained. He remained there. Then we are also told in the midrash that after he received the blessings. Yaakov left the room glowing like a bridegroom. It says, the Midrash actually describes it as that a Jew descended on Yaakov from on high, and when his bones absorbed it, he became extremely powerful. So he became empowered by what, uh, by what he had just received. Now the question also is asked, why did it take so long to come back. Well, we're told that every time he tried to, uh, to 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 catch something his hunt was sabotaged if he's for example trapped a bird or a small animal An angel would come up behind him and release it and this was directed on high because Yaakov had to be able to receive the blessings and we are told further that when Asaph saw that he could not trap a kosher animal, he did what his father did not want him to do. He took one of his hunting dogs and he slit the throat. And this was the meat that he now came to serve his father, Yitzchak. And you will see that Yitzchak is spiritually sensitive and that, in fact, he pulls, he pulls him out and asks him, um, what is this all about? Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome back, and we are looking at the, I guess, the fallout of what happens when Esav rocks up back again at the house of Yitzchak and Yaakov has taken the blessings. So. We know that heaven helped in this entire seem seem seeming seemingly de- uh, de- deception, meaning that we know already that there was no deception. Yaakov had to receive it, and so you can see even here that um, that even heaven put its hand in it and it it sabotaged all the hunting, so it delayed Esau from coming earlier. So let's look at verse 31 and see what it says further by gamhu he had also prepared a delicacy by aviv and he brought it to his father by yomela aviv and he says to his father avi get up let let my father rise by benor and let him eat from his son's venison So that your soul may bless me. Let's read the next two verses so we can see what's going on and then we will dissect it. We will go back and understand a little bit more. So Yitzhak, his father says, who are you? And he replies, I am your son, your firstborn son, Aesab. Yitzchak is seized with an extreme, extremely violent fit of trembling. And he says, Me Eforhu, who or where is this person? Hat'ad Said. That has trapped game by Yaveli, and he has brought it to me, the Uchal, and that I should eat. Mikobaterum Tavo, because before you came, Avaarhehu, I blessed them, Gambaruhi, and so he shall remain blessed. Right, let's go look and see what is going on. We're told in the Midrash that when Esav entered into the room of Yitzchak, the fires of hell came in with him. Just as much as Yitzchok smelt the smell of Gun Eden when Yaakov came in, he smelt the orchard, the smell of an apple orchard tree, and um, he went and said he can smell uh, Gan Eden with him, he now smelt uh, hell. He smelt the fires of hell. And when it says that Yitzchak was seized with an extremely violent fit of trembling, we are told that he trembled more now, and it was even greater than when Abraham held the knife against his neck, about to slit his throat on the altar by Akedat Yitzchak. Why? Because when he sensed hellfire entering the room together with Asab, he thought he was going to be punished he knew that he was giving the blessings to asaph but when asaph came in and he smelt the uh, that hell came in he thought he was going to get eternal punishment now why did hell come in with asaph so if you remember in parashat lech lecha We explained at when we were studying the um, Brit Ben-Haptarim, the covenant between the parts, the the covenant that Abraham made with um, God. If you remember there, God said to Abraham, there is a choice. Your children can either choose purgatory, they can choose the fires of hell, or they can choose exile as a punishment with children. And Abraham chose rather that we go through persecution and we go through exile, for it is a known adage, that one that we get in Pirkei Avot, that it is better to suffer in this world and have tranquility in the next world. And this is always, a, a again, a psychological thing that, that shows maturity. An adult will know that there will, come t- there will be times where one has to forego instant pleasure, instant gratification, because in holding back, one is able to wait things out and receive a better reward later on. It's a a sign of maturity, as opposed to our children, who when they see something, irrespective that we'll tell them that it's bad for them, or they're not going to feel good about it when they finish, or that it's going to have negative repercussions, They throw a tantrum and they want it and they want it now. Well, that really is the difference between Esau and Yaakov. Yaakov did what he did and Yaakov, yes, he suffered his entire life, but he knew that the repercussions of his choice would lead to good things, would lead to Olam Haba, to the world to come, would lead to reward. Esau on the other hand, um, it was a man who just wanted things now. He was very much in this physical world, and he 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 had a need to have instant gratification. and therefore, what happened with him through his bad choices and through the 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 the, the, the way he lived his life, yes, he got instant gratification but the end didn't serve him well. And therefore, you can see over here that, that was exactly what the Torah is teaching, that with instant gratification, in walked Asab, with the fires of hell burning, so to speak, meaning that he was going to be punished um, in the world to come. Um, whereas Yaakov, yes, his life would be difficult, in the here and now, um, he would land up keeping his reward for, for the world to come. Where it says, greater is an entire lifetime of suffering in this world than an hour of suffering in the world to come. And greater is the reward in the world to come for one hour than all the good that we can perceive in this world. It's a topsy-turvy world. And it's not what you see is what you get. And I think again here we have another powerful message, and that is is that sometimes um, you may meet people who who live very much in the here and now, not just because they're in the present. Being living in the present is a is an excellent gift because all you've got is today. All you've got are the minutes before you in order for you to use that time effectively. I'm talking about people who place so much emphasis on their materialism, on how things should be. Is where they're living Instagrammable? Is... (laughs) is um, what they've got. What happens when they walk out? What will people say? What what do I have to do right now so that I can get that car and the fancy house and the clothing and the money and the honor? And they live very much, their choices are very much based on what you see is what you get and what is happening around them right now. Unfortunately, a lot of the times those are very, very unhealthy decisions, unhealthy choices, that are being made because we get so blinded about filling up our ego and filling up our need for gratification that we do not see that lots of times we make poor choices. And then somewhere along the line, down the line, the person suffers a lot of suffering because what he believed that he could say, please trust them. Let's take the materiality. He really, really believed that you know he was untouchable because he had so much money, because he drove a car, because he was in such and such a position. In one false swoop, that can change and be taken away from you. And then you land up suffering the, the fires of hell here in this world. The other way is to look and say, this world isn't a p- picnic. I know that, that my forefather Abraham chose persecution and exile as part of the package of us growing. But if I take my suffering, if I take my position of uncomfortableness, if I take that which I don't want in my life and I ask the question, how, what should I do with it now, and how can I grow from it, then you are guaranteed if not in this world, then certainly in the world to come you will be able to enjoy the fruits of the labor. So Yitzchak gets seized with this violent fit of trembling um, because hellfire entered the room together with asaph And he, he, he acts, he follows the deception because he knows what he's done. He knows, he was very, very much aware that he had blessed Yaakov and that it had been Rivka's plan. But in order to calm down the anger of asaph and to, to, to be sensitive to his feelings, he acted as if he was startled and that he was unable to believe that his own wife had participated in uh, such a deception. So what Yitzhak really said to asaph was, but the food that was brought to me was so delicious. Who else but you could have cooked it? What kind of meat was it? Those were the questions that he was asking Esau um, and saying, well, this, it was so delicious. It was better than the manna that the Jews will receive from heaven, from God in the desert. But he also says something else. He says, he uses the word Tzaiyid. He says, hu hatzad Who is the one who trapped the game?" Now the word for game here is tsayid, which really should be hunt, which means a hunter. And therefore, what Yitzhak was literally asking Asav uh, was, who is the one who trapped a hunter, meaning a hunting dog? As soon as that food came in, the waft of the smell of the food made Asav realize, sorry, uh, Yitzhak realized that Esav was about to feed him a non-Kosher animal. And at the end, he does say to Esau, uh, ya- I don't know what to tell you. I ate all of it before you came, and I blessed him, and he shall also now remain blessed. Meaning, I cannot retract that which I have given already. Kishma Divre Aviv This is verse thirty four Lamad Dalad When Aesap heard what his father said by Yitzakola Umara Adme Od he gave out the most loud and bitter scream by Yomer Aviv and he says to his father Barcheni ani Avi bless me too my father. And here's where you feel pity for Esau, because I told you, deep down inside he had a pintala neshama, he had a a, a, a neshama of a Jew, okay, and he knew he had made wrong choices, and now in desperation he's looking at all the choices that he has made realizing that they were in fact bad choices And the most incredible pain leaves him and he yells out to his father, Bless me too. Now, one of the things that we understand is that Asaph, I mean that Yaakov actually um, deceived Asaph twice. One was through the birthright. The other was now through getting the blessings. Okay? So he's, 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 he's furious and he says to his father, you know, Yaakov has tricked me out of my birthright with a pot of lentils and now he's tricking me out of his blessing with a pot of stew. Please, father, don't let him have his way. Please, 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 can I have a blessing? Right, Yitzhak says to him, Bimirma Your brother came in deception, and he took your blessing. and Esav said, Hachikara sh'mo ya'akov. Isn't that why you called him Ya'akov? Why? He went behind my back. Akev is behind my back twice first he took my birthright and now he has taken my blessing and again he turns to his father and he says father have you not saved for me a blessing so Asa, what was he saying he was saying that um, that Jacob had deceived him twice. And why was he saying that? Because the Midrash goes and says, remember, that Jacob is escaped the room very, very quickly. And he had by mistake left the plate behind in Yitzhak's room. And the Midrash goes and tells us that when asaph saw the plate and he heard Yitzhak's words, he said, he went behind my back with Zeh. With this, okay, because he goes, yeah, ze, he was deceptive with ze with this, what is the this with this plate the first time he used the plate, he sold he, he bought my birthright, and now he, um, he put stew on the plate, he stole my blessing. and so he went. And 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 he was he was he was really 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 upset. One of the things we must know is that when Yaakov heard that Asaph had sold his birthright to Yaakov, he was glad because then he understood himself that the blessing rightly belonged to Yaakov, and he actually said, "Thank God that I am that I I I was permitted um, I was not permitted to do any wrong." And But again, he goes and he says, please bless me. Hello, have you not got a blessing for me? Have you not saved a blessing for me? And he says, please bless me, my father. We're going to go for a little bit of a break just before we do. This Thursday, the 4th of March, don't miss Vito Johannesburg's 107th AGM at 10 a.m. on Zoom. With a star-studded speaker lineup, be educated and entertained by one of the sharpest rabbis in Tower, Rabbi Ryan Goldstein. Hear about the incredible work of Nevaeh Rito, through one of the top social workers in Israel, and Alex Azarad, um, Alec Azarad and meet Rito, uh, South Africa's new dynamic president. To register, you can call 011-645-2515 or you can email Weta that's W-I-Z-O-J-H-B, 0 um, jhb at biya.co.z hi Fm 101.9 megahertz of life this is Adel Kazowski and we are studying the dramatic verses um, where poor old Asab gets very, very disappointed in not receiving the blessings. We're going to now look at verse 37 of chapter 27. Va'yaa'an Yitzchak. Yitzchak replies, yomer <speaking in Hebrew> na and he says to Esav, Hain gvir samtiv lach ve'et nasati ve'dagan so Yitzchak goes and tells Asa the bad news. He says, Behold, I have made him your master. I have given him all of his brothers as slaves. I have fortified him with grain and with wine. Where or what can I do for you, my son? Now, What he was really saying was that since I have made you subservient to your brother, everything that a slave gains belongs to his master. So any blessing I will give you will also be his. As a slave, you will have some consolation insofar as you need not be concerned about a livelihood because your master is wealthy. And you will always find sufficient food at your table. But be careful not to rebel against them, since you will be burnt. Now, Hashem was upset, and he rebuked Yitzchak, because he said, Have I no better hope from you than you should worry about Esau? You are ordering him not to quarrel with Yaakov, so that he himself should not be harmed. Esau is wicked. And immoral, and why are you concerning yourself with him? It is forbidden to have pity on the wicked. But a father is a father. Okay? And that's what he said. And Yitzhak actually replies with a very good counter-argument to God. And he says, But he kept the commandment of kibud Av, of honoring his father. Does he not have mercy because of that? And God acquiesces. And he says, his descendants will therefore be the ones that will destroy the Holy Temple. And then at least then, he will have some good in this world. And if he deserves punishment, he will get it in the world to come. Again, this is a comment on um, the political landscape that has played out in the last couple of thousand years all the way to this very date. If we are to understand and to believe that these blessings were not only blessings for Yitzhak, but blessings for his entire um, future, uh, for the entire future of the Jewish people, then this is true then of the world, and we see the truth of it. Meaning that any place where the, 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 the country has been good to the Jews and allowed the Jews to prosper, and allowed the Jews the freedom to practice their religion, they are in fulfillment of the verse. He who blesses them will be blessed. And then the opposite is also true. If a country has become antagonistic to the Jews, and have made the Jews life a misery, then he who curses will be cursed. And if we look back in history, and we just think about it logically, we are one 10th of 1% of the world's population. By any stretch of the imagination and by any workings of statistic, we should not be around today. But we are because of the fulfillment of these verses. That we are the children of Israel. We are chosen by God to be a light unto the nations and our existence is guaranteed. We can have a Holocaust where six million of our brethren were wiped out. We can have an Inquisition where we lost the majority of the Jewish world at the time. We can have the destruction of the temple, and we can be exiled out of our uh, out of our land. We can be moved from one place to another, as we have done. We have transversed almost every country that there is on this planet. The bottom line is, is that we survived. Because God gave a guarantee to Abraham that the Jewish people would survive. But God also reminded through Yitzhak the fact that anybody who is good to the Jews will see good. Anybody who does the opposite will see the opposite. Today, where do we see the Roman Empire? Where do we see the Golden Age of Spain? Where do we see the, the the German Empire that had taken over the whole of Europe. Where do we see the likes of Syria and of Lebanon and of Jordan who have, have done so much ill against the Jewish people? Today they have fallen, fallen into disgrace, fallen into destruction, fallen into obliteration. Because, again, anybody who blesses the Jewish people will be blessed and will move forward. With the Jewish people and anybody who curses the Jewish people, the curse eventually arrives. So we actually see a very, very sad reality here. Okay. Um, and it is, it's actually for me, it is heartbreaking because Asaph, you did not have to choose this way. You were Potentially deemed a forefather of the Jewish people. You were supposed to marry Leah You were supposed to build the Jewish people with the Yaakov But in your desire in your want in your in your need to have instant gratification You messed up big time and that is a very 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 powerful Lesson for us today today individually personally we need to sit back in our lives and say are there any? Is there anything that we do in our lives that reminds us of the behavior of Esau? Where instant gratification, where material acknowledgement, where material success is the way that we measure our lives? Because then we're just living in this world. A Jew has two worlds: this world and the world to come. This world is not a picnic. This world comes with, unfortunately with trials and tribulations. But it is through these trials and tribulations that we are given the impetus to grow because imagine if God gave us everything, we would forget about God in absolutely one instance. So God tries us along our way lovingly as a father and gives us um, that um, gives us our suffering and that which we need so that we can grow and not fall into the ways of Asaph. And it reminds us that a father who spares the rod spoils the child. ASAP is a spoilt child, and there is a powerful lesson in understanding that our choices do matter. I'm gonna go for a little bit of a break and we'll be back to conclude. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. And we're going to wrap up this very, very, very sad story with the last verse verse thirty eight um, of chapter twenty seven by Yomer Esav El Aviv. Asaf says to his father, Avi? do you only have one blessing? Barcheni ani Avi, please bless me too, Father. Yisa Esaf Kala vayef he lifted up his voice and he cried. How pitiful! We're told in the Midrash that three tears flowed from Esau's eyes. One flowed down his right cheek, another flowed down his left, and one remained between his two eyes. If the third tear had descended the Jews would never have escaped from under the subjugation of Asaph. We know that Asaph is the Romans, right? The Gentile nations. And Israel will not be redeemed until Asaph's tears are wiped away. The tears, in the merit of these tears, we are told, Asaph was given the inheritance of Har Seir, the mountain of Seir, because it was a very fertile area, And there was always sufficient rain there. Sufficient rain always falls there. And the tears that Asaph shed when he asked Yitzhak to bless him caused the Jews many troubles. Because they showed how much he wanted the blessing. And as a result, Israel, when we did not behave, were under his power. And we will remain there until, it says, the Midrash. Listen to this. We repent and shed tears that can outweigh His. And that's what Hashem is waiting for. Hashem is waiting for each and every Jew to recognize who they are. Each and every one of you. Who are you? You're not this PhD, the doctor, the dentist, the accountant. You're not Mr. This One that lives at such and such a place. You are in essence a Jew. And a Jew has been brought into this world to be a light unto the nation to understand the Word of God, and to fulfill His mitzvahs. And until each and every single one of us come to that realization, and we too cry bitter tears about our instant gratification, that we actually went on the wrong things, we are still being held captive in the exile. It's a time of joy now. It's a time of repentance. It's a time of returning back to God. More than ever, we want Mashiach now, and we want him to be brought to this world so this world can be bathed in a world of peace and of harmony, blessing, and health. And so maybe the main message we take away from today's learning is that we are each responsible to step into the boots of our forefather, Yaakov, and serve God with a full heart, proud Proud that we are Jewish. And hopefully the next mitzvah that we are going to do will be the mitzvah that will bring Mashiach. now. Wishing you all a blessed week. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.